Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. It's been almost a year that we've had this show. As you very well know, it is a show that's dedicated to Adventist missions, to the community of Adventist cross-cultural workers, expatriate employees, missionaries. We are really excited to be doing this and are very happy that you are in this with us. Now, as we develop this into the future, we do appreciate getting feedback from you. So please, feel free to comment on our website, which is iwm.adventist.org. Every episode has a page, and each one of those pages is open for comments. Also, reach us on social media, friends. If you are a part of Adventist Missionaries Network on Workplace, if you are, you know what I'm talking about, that's a great place to have a conversation. Otherwise, we've just opened a Facebook page for the Institute of World Mission. So, to have us within your horizon on Facebook, like the page there, interact with us. If you are on Instagram or Twitter and prefer those mediums, we don't have presence there yet, but hopefully we'll fix that in the future. Today, we continue a series on biblical foundations for missions. My counterpart in this interview is Gordon Dawes, and as you very well know, many of you know, he's a professor of missions at Andrews University. Together, we're looking at the Old Testament and the grand narrative of God's mission as it is presented in the Old Testament. Friends, we very much apologize for the challenging audio quality of the interview today, but we still felt that it would be good to put it out there for you. And I will get back to you right after the interview for a couple important announcements. Gordon, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Alex. Nice to be with you again. Yes, it's not the first time and I'm very, very happy to to have you back. In fact, in episode number eight that we have recorded together, we established back then how critical it is for Adventist missionaries to have a solid biblical foundation for their cross-cultural mission. And the title of that episode was Why Thinking Biblically About Mission Benefits Every Missionary. So we answered the question why. Today, I appreciate the opportunity that you've responded positively to to build on what we did last time and actually do just that. Think biblically. Look at what does God teach us about mission, particularly in the Old Testament. That's, that's where our focus is today. And the, the critical concept to begin with is the mission of God or God's mission. So my first question for you is, what is God's mission? What is this all about? What does this phrase mean? Well, Alex, it's really important for us to understand from the very beginning that mission is from God himself. In this era that in which we live, sometimes with the colonial background of the past couple of centuries, people may think that mission comes from one particular nation or 
one particular ethnic group, but that is not the true uh, picture. Mission is from the heart of God himself. And God's mission is his project for lost humanity that began when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Actually, the path had been prepared even before that from the foundation of the world. Should Adam and Eve fall from the path that God would make a way for them to be saved. There was a time prior to the creation when everything was perfect in God's cosmos. There wasn't an evil thought, an evil action anywhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. And somehow that mystery of iniquity came into the heart of Lucifer and he deceived his a third of the angels of heaven and they were cast out of heaven. That's when what we speak of as the great controversy began. The term great controversy is an Adventist term that refers to the biblical concept of the, the fight between God and Lucifer that began at the time of Lucifer sinning and will end when Lucifer and all evil is eliminated at, at, at the end of time. And in between now we have this this great controversy, meta-narrative that's happening. It is the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We don't find an understanding of the Bible by one or two proof texts, but we look at the whole story from Genesis to Revelation in this great controversy, meta-narrative. And that is God's mission. Now, I often hear another maybe related term which uh, goes like this, missionary God, how is this related or different from, from what we are doing right now here? God is a missionary God because mission comes from the, the innermost part of his character. He had the instinct to, to step forward and to go in search of Adam and Eve at the moment that they sinned. And just as a godly parent would step forward to help a child who had gotten into trouble in that, in a much greater way, God stepped forward. He says, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? What's happened? And that's, that's what we mean by a missionary God. And of course, at its, at its very high point, God the missionary was expressed and revealed in Jesus Christ of Nazareth as he was incarnated and did all the things that we find recorded in, in the New Testament. Gordon, before we look deeper into the Old Testament itself and, and, and mission themes of the Old Testament, would you just help describe what would happen to me as a missionary if I truly realized that God is a missionary God and mission is His? Because, I mean, how often do we really think about these things? It would certainly purify my motivation mm -hmm. and increase my motivation you know, it's part of our humanity that we have mixed motives for what we do. But if we understand that we are missionaries because God is a missionary God and he's called us to continue the work that Jesus Christ did, then we have the highest calling that there is. Hmm. And the, the greatest gift that we can ever bestow upon a person and share with a person is the gift of good news of salvation in Jesus Christ that God loves them so much. That is the, the pearl that cannot be 
with a with a price that cannot be named. Thank you. Thank you. That that is very well said. Now, in the book that recently been published, and you are the author, the book's title is Introduction to Adventist Mission. It is the foundational text uh, for the Institute of World Mission here, the Department of World Mission at Andrews, where you and I are at the moment. And this is a book that we highly advise to our colleges and universities uh, around the world for the courses and missions. Chapter 2 is titled, The Bible as a Grand Narrative of God's Mission. Could you just unpack this? The Bible as a Grand Narrative of God's Mission. What, 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 what do you put into this, this phrase? This? Well, Alex, we could divide the story of the Bible into a number of steps, but this is how I've done it. I've, if you think of it as a grand narrative, then I've said that there are acts, act one, act two, act three, and so on. And so the prelude of this grand narrative is that the cosmic perfection of, uh, was blemished by the fall of Lucifer. Then came, comes act one, the creation and the fall. Act two, patriarchs, Old Testament, flood, and Babel. Act three, the call of Abraham and Israel. Act four, Exodus and the nationhood of Israel. Act five, exile and return of Israel. And then we come to the intertestamental period, which is a very, inter very interesting time between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew. And then comes Act six, Jesus the, the Messiah, Act seven, the church, Act eight, special end time message, Act nine, the consummation of the kingdom, and then the postlude where that cosmic perfection is restored. Alex, you might want to add to divide the great events of the Bible a little differently, and I could do the same, but this seemed like a simple way uh, to, to summarize them. So the idea is that a mission is so much present already in the Old Testament. That's, that's where we kind of want to, right. to pay our attention to. So it's there. There's a lot of missional concepts in the Old Testament already. Because usually, we, what, you know, what, what do we really think about mission theologically? We think of Jesus. We think of Paul. We think mostly New Testament, the Great Commandment. But all of this aside, back to the Old Testament, what does it teach us? It's a big question. This is where we're going to spend some time. What do we learn about missions in the Old Testament? And let's take some time here. Well, we find God working patiently with his servants through the millennia from the time of the fall onwards to those great events. We come up to the time of, of the flood and things had become so desperately evil that God looked around and and he couldn't find anything good in people's minds. And he, he decided to destroy humanity and save only a few, uh, uh, Noah and his family. And that seems like a horrible destructive act, but in another way, it was a missional act. It was preparing his humanity to have a fresh start, just like Adam and Eve had a fresh start after, the, after they left the garden. Now, Noah and his family have a fresh start and, and then God blesses them and guides them again through the, the coming centuries. And then we come to Babel. Once again, 
humanity reaches a real low point where they try to get together to make a unified conspiracy against God. It's not just that they tried to build a high ziggurat. It's that they wanted to stay in one place and say, here we are, and we uplift our fists in rebellion against you, God. And he tore that down. He, he broke their, he, he confused their languages, and he caused them to spread out upon the face of the earth. And then comes the next fresh start, and that's with Father Abraham. And Father Abram was told, leave your country, go to a strange place that you don't even know about, and I'm going to make you a blessing to all people. And so this, the, that, that wonderful text about Abraham in Acts chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 12 has been referred to as the Great Commission of the Old Testament, where Abraham is sent as the missionary to, to the nations. And, of course, then, you know, Israel became God's special people, and they were put in bondage, and God saved them. He didn't save them only, only because he heard their cries. He saved them also because he wanted them to be his, his missionary people to, to the nations. He established the nation of Israel after leading them through, through the Red Sea and through, through the wilderness for 40 years finally put them in the promised land. And unfortunately, they were not faithful in being God's missionary people, and he allowed them to be taken into exile. But even in exile, they continued to be his missionary people. Eventually, they were brought back in into Jerusalem. A large number came back with Ezra and Nehemiah. And that, in uh, Alex, in very broad strokes, is the missionary story of the Old Testament. Now, the, the, this, sounds, this sounds so rich, and of course, the Old Testament is, is large. It's much bigger than the New Testament. It has many more stories. It has a, a lot more content. So you, you've, you've just touched on the, the, the biggest brush strokes. Now, what if you were to, to take some lessons for modern missions out of Old Testament, what would those themes be? What would those lessons be? Well, the, the, importance of, the importance of never forgetting one's high calling, the importance of, of not fe- starting to feel like an exclusive group of people who are special, mm-hmm. who, who the God perhaps that we're superior above other people, you know, being, being a Christian and being an Adventist does not indicate that we are morally or intellectually or any other way superior above other people. And unfortunately, Israel reached that feeling of exclusivity, and, and that's, that was their, their downfall. And for us to stay humble, diligently seeking to, to know what God's will is for us to do, is one of the big lessons from, from the Old Testament. Okay, and I know in, in chapter 2, which uh, we will invite all of our listeners to actually to read through alongside with, with this episode, you highlight several themes, several missional themes. Or could you walk us through those? All right, yeah, I can, I can do that. You know, because God created all nations, his rightful dominion, reign, and glory extend over all nations, and he deserves their worship. He deserves to be worshipped because he's the creator, and that certainly applies today. The people of every nation and every ethnicity 
owe their existence to God and they should worship Him. So that means we have to go to every people group. It's absolutely. Not, it's not like we can leave somebody out. Oh, every absolutely single not. people group has N- a chance. Number two, the nations, however, do not all worship and glorify God, but He intends to bring them into that relationship with them so that they will worship. That's His intention. He wants every person to worship Him. You recall in, in the New Testament, the first angel's message, fear God and give him glory. That's the purpose, God's uh, missional intention for all of humanity. God wanted to use Israel and even, even a few Gentiles as his agents to return the nations to himself. But unfortunately, unfortunately, they, they, they lost track of that, as, I, as I've said. Uh, his mission was centered in the seed of Abraham, the servant of Yahweh, Jesus Christ. And that theme certainly applies to us. We, we understand that even more clearly than Old Testament people did. They had some foresight that the seed of Abraham was coming, but before Christ came, it was just a glimmering spark of light compared to the light that we have now. And what we noticed is that God's mission has a strong eschatological focus. Uh, Look at Joel 2.28, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. This is one of the highlights of Adventist mission is our eschatological focus. And it's very true to the Old Testament focus. And what we see in coming back to Israel is that although... God had called them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, they did not fulfill the missional role that God had given. And he, he laments for his, serv- his servant who is blind and deaf. He says, Look, listen to these amazing words in Isaiah 42, 19, Alex. Who is blind but my servant and deaf like the messenger I sent? Hmm. What, a, what a tragedy that, that, that is. And so all of these are not causes for us to condemn Israel, but uh, for us to exhort ourselves as Christians and to say, may God never have to say who is so blind on the whole world except the Christians, the Adventists that I've chosen. Who's so deaf but Christians? That, let that never be the case. Uh, we always want to have the sharp eyesight and the, and the ears to hear God's word. Now, Gordon, how is God's mission, this is something that we started with right in the beginning, describing that the mission is God, He is missionary God. So how is God's mission in the Old Testament unique? How is it, how is it something that is still, how does it still inform our missional practice today with its uniqueness, with its addition to what we know today? There are some contrasts between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. There's two, funct- two ways in which mon- uh, mission can function. One is to go out a- and to reach people out there, wherever mm-hmm. they are. The other way is to attract people in to where God's believers are. So the Old Testament stands the, the, for... The Old Testament is in that latter mode, mostly. Jerusalem was located at the crossroads of the world, the ancient world, between Africa, Europe, and Asia, right through, through where Israel was located. 
And of course, they didn't have the transportation technology that we had now. They just had caravans of camels and other things with some primitive sailing technology, but they, they were God's, God's plan is that the great news of worshiping God, the Creator, would, 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 would be heard about and people would come to learn in Jerusalem and then they, then they would go back and take it to where they came from. Interesting, God, God exhorted or criticized his people for a number of things, but he never criticized them for not going out. <laughs> so the whole they, idea... It was coming in to be a good nation, a holy nation that would worship God in righteousness, and they would demonstrate how it was to live with God. So it was Jerusalem, it was the temple, it was the city on the mountain, right. the city of light, and, and the whole world was to come to Jerusalem. That's that was right. their missional strategy. That was how the whole mission was structured. That's how God basically did it with them. Exactly. Now there was some going out, so Abraham went out. He went out from Ur, and people like Joseph went to Egypt. Jonah, maybe. Jonah. Jonah. So these are, except we call them exceptionals, exceptional people. But that wasn't the major mode. The New Testament, as you well know, is, is a contrasting method because the, the main method in, in the New Testament is to go out. Now, the attraction was also there because when, when Christians went out following the day of Pentecost, they planted churches all over the Roman Empire. And once they planted a church, then that church became a loving hub of fellowship that would attract people to itself. Locally. Local, local people to itself. So the going out and the coming in are present in both Testaments, but in the Old Testament, the attraction coming into Jerusalem was the more I, I, I was just going to ask, uh, but yeah. I think you did answer it already. How can we be informed by that? Old Testament model today, where is its place that, that, you know, that we should be attracted to a central point? How does that and, and apply? It is, as you implied, local uh, church is one place. It's the local church. Yeah. And the other centers, any kind of center of influence, any, any home, our own homes, any place where Christians are present to attract people to Christ, sitting next to somebody on an airplane, attract people inward to Christ. But probably the local church is the primary uh, local location where it functions. Now you mentioned just a little bit earlier in the interview about the intertestamental period. Now really I have never heard, I, I read your book, I know that there is several pages about that. Before that I've never heard about what can we learn about mission from that period of close to 400 years or a little more than 400 years? So what do we learn about mission from the intertestamental period? Well, many, some people don't realize that God was still actively engaged in his mission between Malachi and Matthew, but he truly was. And here, one of the, the main way, the main way we see that is how the the efforts of Judaism, Judaism in the Roman Empire kind of prepared the way so that after Pentecost, the apostles and the other believers who 
went out obeying the Great Commission would have the way prepared a little bit ahead of them. Let me read a couple of these points, mm -hmm. Alex. Because of what the Jews did during the intertestamental period, by the time of the Church of the New Testament, the general influence of Judaism was felt in much of the Roman Empire. Almost every town had a synagogue where Yahweh was worshipped. The Old Testament and other materials were widely available. Remember the Greek Septuagint that was a translation of the Old Testament. The, the synagogue members worshipped on Sabbath and they taught ethical, moral control of personal lives. Unfortunately, the, the pagan religions of, of that era had no sense of moral, ethical control. People behaved just wildly in, in whatever way pleased them. In, in a polytheistic world, an impressive argument was made by Judaism for monotheism and a divine cosmic plan. People watched those synagogues in action and were attracted to what they saw there. And the adherents were taught that sharing their religious convictions was a duty. Uh, Amazing. The and so all of these points, in different ways, prepared the ground over some 400 years so that when, when the Christians exploded forth after Pentecost into the Roman Empire, the things were, were, were prepared and the Christian church could be planted more readily. Now, Gordon, what we did today, we covered mission themes in the Old Testament and You've given several great inroads into our next episode that we will record in some coming weeks or months where we will be exploring mission themes in the New Testament. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be not less exciting, perhaps even more. And thank you so very much for coming on to the podcast today. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. So just to, just to review, what we've done together today is to review... Acts 1 through 5 in the grand narrative of God's mission. Act 1 through 5. When we talk next time, we will talk, uh, talk on Act 6, which is Jesus the Messiah. And that is the exciting part. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You might be interested to know that we have published several episodes already on this topic of biblical foundations for missions. Let me just quickly recount those for you. Episode number four, defining mission and missions. Episode number eight, which I mentioned in the interview, why thinking biblically about mission benefits every missionary. Both of these, by the way, are done by Gordon Doss. Very recently, we did episode number 44, presenting the right picture of God with Yerji Mascala. And now we are doing this one, episode 47, the Old Testament as a grand narrative of God's mission. Friends, with all of this in store, we feel we now can create a special theme page on our website. Remember, iwm.adventist.org. There you will be able to conveniently access these and future resources on biblical foundations for missions in one place. In fact, there will be a way to follow this as a topic, and you'll be notified about new additions if you do follow it. The theme page is not up yet, 
but it will be soon. I'll report to you when it's ready. Last time, I promised to announce the release date of the IWM's second online course. As you remember, it will be all about fundraising for missionaries. Specifically, we are looking in this course, we're looking to help you succeed with this side of your ministry, if you have to do it or if you're willing to get involved. Now attention, we're planning to make this course available on November 15. It's next month, November 15, next month in just several weeks. Also in our next episode, I will tell you all about the instructor of this course. So stay tuned for that. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.